Hello and welcome to this, the fourth and final AYO podcast in our series of four programs featuring our composition students from this year's National Music Camp. Introducing our last composer, Sarah Elise Thompson. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, is this your first time at National Music Camp? This is. This is even my first time in Adelaide, which oh, is wow. super exciting to be here. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying this whole experience so far and to be completely out of my element in a different state writing music and around awesome artists, what better to spend your summer, right? No, exactly. And whereabouts are you from? I'm from Sydney. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what would you say have been your highlights of this camp so far? Oh, I feel like some of my highlights are even just things that weren't even part of this whole experience. Like even just being able to have a break and wander through Adelaide and explore a city I haven't been in before and try and soak up as much as I can being here. It's just, it's been such a rewarding experience to be somewhere completely out of your comfort zone. Yeah, we've had an incredible couple of weeks and we've heard your composition go from just notes on paper to a live rehearsal with professional musicians. Um, yeah, yeah. What would you say that you learned from this session oh wow at first it was so nerve-wracking for sure I've I decided with this piece to go somewhere completely different in my compositional style from previous pieces in past pieces I've very much so been a fan of textural type music and music that has a lot of momentum over a longer period of time and watching different voices come in and out. And I thought I would try and do a bit of groove this time. Try <laughs> yeah. and make something a bit like funky and different. I don't know. I've been taking classes up in Sydney with Simon Barker, who studied with Steve Coleman and th the likes of that, and to try and break up beats in a way that feels more natural, but yet still a bit edgy and to work with these musicians have been awesome, I guess, so to try and implement these new ideas I've always wanted to try in music but never had the chance to. Well, it's the perfect place Absolutely. to experiment, for yeah. sure. And so when I went to first rehearsal, it was super nerve-wracking because I'd tried out this new rhythmic ideas all throughout and then on the first play, they looked like they were trying to struggle a little bit, but, you know, they're professionals and... It'll work, I, I think. think. It's yeah. coming together. The first run-through is always going to be scary. But um, I wondered, could you maybe tell us a bit of background about this composition of yours? Sure, yeah. Flint kind of came about a week and a half ago, actually. That's the beauty of this camp, that you have to sprint right. Short which is turnaround, yeah. That's <laughs> a very short turnaround, yeah, for sure. But um, I was digging around my house really desperately trying to find inspiration and I found an old poetry book lurking around and there was a, there was a poem there by Christina Rossetti, a late 19th century, early 20th century poet. And she wrote a piece called Flint, right? And the poem was basically speaking about um, all these different jewels and crystals and things and how beautiful these look on the outside, but at the end of the day, they're kind of just rocks. And <laughs> yeah. what, but what what more can they do but the flint see that starts fire that moves that works and I loved that dichotomous idea the beauty versus the work yeah so in this piece I wanted to try and have two kind of representative sections one that was kind of a bit more beautiful and atmospheric and things that I would naturally resonate to they look so great on the outside in my typical stylings and then I I put in this groove which is the fire that working hard and trying to get everyone to move together at times and yeah, I really liked playing with the idea, using the poem not necessarily to 
map out phrases or anything, just kind of using it to try and, you know, have that point of difference between the sonic ideas, I guess. And it was really fun to try and put the two together and come up with something that a yeah, chamber orchestra can great. pump out. It's great to have those two two nice contrasts. I, I find myself siding with the flint. I always side with the underdog. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I think maybe we'll hear a short snippet from your piece to put some music to your lovely description there. Um, here's a short excerpt from Sarah Elise Thompson's Flint. That snippet was taken from towards the end of your piece with that really interesting and challenging rhythmic section. Um, I'm guessing that that's the flint section? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's kind of the culmination of the ending. It's that final strike before everything kind of lights up, I guess, and blazes away and evaporates down. That's the kind of idea I was going for. We've been leading up so much in this piece to this moment where everyone's finally at a tutti together and then it kind of just evaporates and fades out. So that was really, it was really fun to try and put that all together. It made me, it reminded me, those rhythms at the end, it reminded me a little bit of um, like Calypso or sort of oh, Bossa Nova sort wow, of style. Yeah, so yeah. I think that comes across, but I guess it's subjective, isn't it? Um, I also noticed a few um, lovely duets between the two violins. How did you come up with these? Yeah, I believe that's just before that whole big groove kind of happens. It's kind of in retrospect to the opening. I wanted the opening to sound super ethereal and then to throw in the violins again, duetting, having this cute little counter melody together. It's kind of like retrospective, I guess. And um, I'd been listening to over the last six months a lot of Schubert, like a lot of Schubert. I hadn't listened to Schubert too much in my whole composition life and then all of a sudden Schubert was the guy and his like his way of creating momentum in the strings and all the overlapping but still you've got that constant tone underneath you can wander wherever you want but still come back to a place and in that string part the 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 strings play with the the flute I think a bit and what happens is they're they're kind of moving around this a and yeah, I wanted it to kind of feel a little Schubert-esque or even quasi-Renaissance-y, you know, when you when you have plain chant and it yeah, kind of yeah. moves up and down, but you constantly come back to this one spot. Yeah, like a little moment of Stacey's before that big groove <laughs> hits. Yeah. It's, no, it's really great. I enjoyed those bits a lot. Um, Thank you. Now, here's a question. Um, what what time of day would you say that your music writing is at its most productive? Are you a morning person? Are you a night owl? Oh, wow. Morning, straight away. Yeah, no. I, as soon as I get up, 9 a.m. at the piano, for sure, I'm writing. I, otherwise, I'll, I'll just keep lagging through the day and I'll lose that idea. And then you'll come back at, say, 2 p.m. or even 11 p.m. And your mind's just not in the same place. You've been going through emails all day or do, living your life. And then you go back to the piece and you're like, oh, no. No, but, it's time for bed. Time yeah, for bed I'm now. so tired. <laughs> How am I meant to be creative? No, the best moments for me are just in the quiet of the morning and you're up and you're ready 
And sometimes it's just kind of buzzing away there and you're like, I know what I want to say today. Maybe it's been saving up overnight. Yeah, yeah, that's happened sometimes. Like before this piece came out, I swear I had a dream about what I thought Flint was going to sound like. Well, there you go. But it doesn't sound like how it does now. So, <laughs> I think it's changed a lot. Um, over the, I mean, like we've said, it is a very fast transformation from the beginning to the end. Um, with with these two weeks, this experience in mind, what would you say to a young aspiring composer? What advice would you give them? Wow, that's a big question for someone who still probably sees herself as a young aspiring composer. I mean, I'm only 21, so I haven't had a lot of experience, but some, I wouldn't be here if I didn't put myself out there, you know. What I would say if you're aspiring and you want to do something, just, I guess, find good people that you like writing for and you like their style and get some good good friends around you because that music is going to carry through with them and it'll like flood elsewhere and then the other one is just don't don't be too timid with this I think the best the worst thing they can say to you is no I was rejected to come here I applied for this multiple times and they were like you're not ready you're persistence persistence is key exactly yeah <laughs> and hopefully this persistence will pay off someday oh you know? I think it will you'll be you'll be grand oh girl. <laughs> well on that note we have reached the end of our podcast today Sarah it has been a pleasure to chat to you today no, thanks for thanks for the chat no problem. No problem, no problem. D uh, don't go away. I will leave you with some snippets from Sarah Elise Thompson's Flint. Thanks, guys. <laughs>